for sharing in that. It's a great experience. We are continuing our series this morning, The Power of Brokenness, Learning to Succeed with Scars. And this morning I want to talk about carving character from chaos. Carving character from chaos. How, how do we do that? In Romans chapter 5, verses three, through, 3 and 4, it says, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. You know, in God's economy, the development of character, and along with it, hope, is, is, is often found in the most unlikely places. You think, you know, I, how do I develop character? How do I find that kind of hope? Well, that is often found in the most unlikely places. Paul found it, if you think about it. Paul found it in blindness. Moses found it in the desert. David found it in a cave. Joseph found it, as we learned last week, in a cistern and in prison. We find that character, that development in the most unlikely places. If you think about it, life is filled with chaos. It really is. It's filled with chaos. But if we look at that chaos from a different perspective, it's not always bad. I remember being a youth pastor. And, and we would have in our youth meetings, some of them would basically be controlled chaos. And they were some of our most effective meetings when you had that controlled chaos. Chaos is something that's it's just a part of our lives. It's a part of our, of our everyday lives. If you're planning a wedding like we are right now, I know a lot of you are planning weddings. If you're planning a wedding, you have a little bit of chaos going on in your life. Our house is filled. Our house is maybe a little chaotic right now. We have a little boy, Joshua, is turning five, and he is sensing the changes He's beginning to sense the changes as we go around and, you know, we get gen stuff kind of packed up and, and moved. I'm like, woohoo, all that stuff. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, as we get things, Josh can just sense the changes. And, you know, it was funny because he, uh, now, before I start the story, you have to understand, Josh counts everything by sleeps. How many sleeps till Disney or how many sleep, sleeps and also fingers and toes? You know, when you, and you say something, how many fingers and toes is that? So he climbs into bed with Jen the other day and he says to her, you know, I'm not really sure about this whole getting married thing and you moving out of the house. He'd be fine if she got married and stayed where she was. But he said, I'm not sure about this whole getting married thing and moving outside the house. I think you should put it off for a few more fingers and toes and then, and then we'll come back and look at it again later. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens, he says. Let's just put it off for a few more fingers and toes because he sees it coming down. It's May, you know, May 24th and he sees it coming down and he says, just, let's just put it off for a few more fingers and toes and just see what happens. Chaos stirs, stirs things up. It makes us feel a little bit uneasy in our lives. The question I want to I answer this morning is, how do, we, how do we build character from a world that is filled with what often seems to be chaos? I mean, I'm talking about building character from chaos. Chaos is defined as a state of extreme confusion and disorder. 
extreme, extreme confusion, disorder. And I would say, you know, a lot of our, you'd say to me, a lot of our lives are like that right now, extreme confusion, disorder. I'm not even, I don't even have anybody getting married, but that kind of sums up my life. You know, the goal of all life is to present each person complete in Christ. To present each of us, that is the goal of life, that we would present, be presented complete in Christ. But how are we made complete? Well, I can tell you that it's, it's sometimes in the most unorthodox ways. It, that is how we are made complete. That is how we find our character. In some of the most unorthodox ways, in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it reminds us, Consider it pure joy. Listen to these words. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I mean, that you think about that. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. I think what often stands in our way is that this world, this world does everything it can to sidetrack our purpose. This world will use, our enemy will use confusion and fear to get us off balance. So, you know, we, we, we see chaos sometimes or we, we see things a little chaotic or things are not going. I use the word chaos in this sense. Things are not going the way we planned. Things are not just working out the way they usually do. And so we see in our minds, it's chaos, it's sheer chaos, what do I do? And the enemy uses that in our lives to get us off balance. It's difficult to look at our chaotic world, the world in which we live, and see how we can mold our, our, our circumstances or our, our challenges or our, our, our just our difficulties. Into, what, into anything that resembles Jesus Christ. It's difficult for us to, to look at and see it that way, but that's what we're called to do. We're called to draw on the power of God using the strength of Christ and the power of God. We are called to carve character out of chaos. The word, the word, the word character comes from the Greek word stylus. Stylus. It's an instrument used to carve a piece of wood or to put a mark on a piece of papyrus. So it's really used to carve or shape or mark something. To carve or shape or mark something. When it comes to our topic this morning, we all need to, whether you are or not, we need to be visionaries. You need to be a visionary. You need to see things from a little different perspective. We need to see the work of art that we are, the work of art that each one of us can be. So you need to look at yourself, you need to look at other people as a work of art and what God can do in their lives. So we need to be visionaries. We need to be able to cut through the confusion and the inconsistencies to, to, shade, to, to separate the, the wheat from the chaff and to glean, to truly glean the, the inner strength or, that, or that, do, that, that dormant potential that we all possess. You kind of got to look inside, and not just from the outside, but see it from the inside. You know, my extended family is very, very good at being able to, to take something that is, quote, chaotic, maybe a, a, a piece of wood or um, some scrap piece of metal or some scrap piece of wood, and to see to see in it something different than what most people can see. 
They have, they, they have the ability to, to see the beauty from within, the ability to, to see the character through the chaos. You know, there are those who can look, for example, at a piece of clay, a big lump of clay, and see something amazing. They see a masterpiece. There's just some people who can do that better than others. They look at that, that object and see something different. They, 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 can, they can look at an old tree stump. You know, some people look at a tree stump or some tree roots and, and, and they can imagine something majestic. Isn't that amazing? You know, you ever go on vacation and somebody's out there with a, with a chainsaw and he's got a stump or something and he's got this big hunk of wood and he's carving something incredible out of this big chunk of wood. He's carving the beauty out of that chaos. They can see through the chaos to the inner splendor What's there? I have, I have a similar gift uh, in that I can see the chaos. I can see through the chaos of a person's life. I can see through the chaos and the confusion of a person's life to what God has created them to be. I can see their created image. In, the, the, in, in my case, though, the carving and the shaping starts in the human heart. It starts from the inside. You know, we all have a role to play. You and I both have a role to play in God's grand epic, this epic that we call life. That means each one of us is a character, if you will. You are a character. I am a character. Now, some of us, some of you are a little more of a character than others. But we are all characters. We, have a, we, we play a part. When someone calls you a character, think about this. When someone calls you a character, they usually say it with affection. But a lot of times in our world, only some people are called characters. You know, but when God, but God, our Father, calls each one of us with affection characters. Because we are. We are all characters. We all have a part to play, in, 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 in a role to play in this stage that we call life. Each one of us has a role and responsibility to, pray, to play in, in, on this stage that we call our world, that we call life. And as a Christian reveals their unique character, that in turn reveals God's, God's eternal story. As you reveal your unique character in this world, as, as, as truly who you are comes out, that begins to reveal God's eternal story. But not only am I a character, but I have character. I have character. And I need to decide, I have to decide if I'm going to play this role that I have with grace, integrity, humility, honesty, with a servant's heart, with dignity. I have to decide, though I am, yes, I am a character in this play, but I also have character. And how am I going to live out my life? How am I going to express my character? Is it going to be with dignity? Is it going to be with humility? Is it going to be with, this, with a sense of, 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 of urgency? How am I going to live this out in my life? How do I express that character? I have to decide, is my character going to help lead others to become more like Jesus Christ? Or is my character going to lead them further away from him? How am I going to live this out in my life? 
I have to decide, am I going to be a person who is more Christ-like or am I going to a person who lacks spiritual depth? Am I going to have a, a, a disciplined spiritual maturity in my life? Or am I someone who's just going to kind of float along with life and not really give much, dis, you know, really live out my life in Christ? I'm just going to kind of float along and have others kind of float along with me. Is my life marked by a desire to be more like him? Is my life marked that way? Am I helping reshape the world in which I live? Am I carving out my place in God's kingdom and leading others to do the same? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Am I carving out my place in this world? Am I living out the purpose for which God created me? Am I doing that? And am I helping others to do that as well? That that defines, that defines a life of character. Now, this may seem difficult for some people to understand, but I want you to really focus with me this morning on this. It is often when we, when we, we, when we find ourselves in what we consider a, a more chaotic position in life. And what we picture as chaos, it's when we see ourselves and we focus and what we perceive as chaos, it is at that time that God can build the character that he desires in our lives. We think we're going through something totally chaotic. We think that life has just thrown us a curveball. We think that things are just going all wacky on us. But it is at that time that God is in a position many times to do what he desires to do in our lives, to build the kind of character that he desires to build in our lives. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Jeff Seaman is someone in our church who's experiencing this firsthand. And I asked him to give a testimony this morning. And he said he would, but he said it's a little more difficult to actually stand up here on stage and do it. So he said he would tape it for him. We talked about this, and he said he would tape it. So this is Jeff Seaman's testimony, experiencing some of the same things that we're talking about this morning. Good morning. My name is Jeff Seaman. Pastor Greer asked me if I might speak with you about how I am finding God in my chaotic life at this time. And I'm sure many of you have chaos in your life. And um, a lot of the, the chaos that I'm referring to is recently losing uh, my engineering job. And uh, I want to say that it's been one of the best things that's ever happened. Um, it happened a couple of months ago, and uh, what you might think uh, could create total chaos in our life has just been a blessing from God, and I just wanted to talk to you about that. I do have some notes here, so I may uh, look like I'm speaking from a teleprompter, but uh, <laughs> I apologize for that. It's important, though, the, the words and not, not me or the, the uh, details of a professional production, because this is far from it, believe me. <laughs> Anyways, I've been a Christian for 25 years, um, and I started out strong. I met my wife uh, very soon after that, but many of those years, I've just been on the fence. Uh, it's been very difficult being an engineer 
you develop an independent mind and you think you can do anything, you can fix anything, and uh, you can create things in your own image, and it's easy to put God in a box, and some of you have probably felt this before, but uh, I'll give you a few examples of how what my life was like as early as three to four months ago. Seldom prayed, uh, unless uh, I prayed for things that I wanted, and I prayed that it would be in my will. Rarely read God's word. It, uh, it fell deaf to my ears, to be honest with you. Um, and I knew uh, when I went to heaven that, that God would not tell me, well done, my good and faithful servant. And it hurt me to feel that. And when I heard Pastor Greer say that that's what his desire was, I knew that it wasn't my desire, and I knew that it wasn't what I would hear. Um, I was verbally abuse, abusive uh, to my kids at times, and they're the ones that I love the most. And uh, I had no patience for idiots driving on the drive on the highway. Uh, my thought life was not what uh, God wanted it to be. Uh, I believed that complaining about politicians and the economy would somehow uh, recoup the many losses that uh, I've had through uh, poor decisions. Uh, I made my wife uncomfortable to speak to me about what the Lord was teaching her in her life. Uh, I avoided uh, my Christian brothers and sisters because I didn't want to be reminded of my own sins. I did look forward to having a cold one at the neighbor's pool to wash away what little salt I had left in my life. Um, and how can I follow the greatest commandment to you, Lord, uh, when I can't see you or hear you or touch you? That's what I thought at times. And I just didn't feel that love that he desired from us. So my identity as an engineer has been gone now for two months. I was laid off in late February in the midst of economic chaos, bills to pay, a family to take care of, uh, college expenses, the whole deal. Chaos, you might think, right? Well, I wouldn't trade it for anything. You see, before the layoff, Michelle and her friends, they were praying for me specifically because the picture looked pretty bleak at my employment. I didn't know they were praying. I certainly wasn't praying. I was just, I'm just waiting for something to happen, I guess. I, I was pretty apathetic, quite honestly. Um, I can only describe, though, these last two months as an absolute miracle. God has uh, just come into my life, and uh, I didn't do anything. I didn't pray. He just decided to change me and bring me back to him. Uh, my independent nature has been perfectly replaced by a complete and utter dependence on the Lord. Um, I want to update you on some of those struggles I was talking to you about earlier, uh, just as a testimony of God's life-changing power. Um, and the cool thing is it's waiting for all of you just to be activated. He's just wants you to come to him. Um, now I desire to walk with God, and I expect him to answer his promises that he made to me. I desire to read his word, and I try to daily. Uh, it's pure truth, and it's written as a personal gift to me and every one of you from our Father. Um, I know that God will say to me now in heaven, uh, well done, my good and faithful servant. Um, the patience and love for my children have allowed uh, teaching moments that I will cherish all the days of my life. Uh, my despair has been replaced by hope. 
uh, that the thorn of anger uh, that used to be in my side is finally being extracted. Uh, I'm tolerant of other drivers, and I understand uh, they have a need to rush, but I don't have a need to rush anymore because time is irrelevant to God, and things happen in his time in my life, and they can in yours. Um, uh, I desire to be obedient in thought and in action, and not on my own power, but only by the Holy Spirit. Um, I pray for our leaders and people in power. Even though I may not agree with their actions, I do accept them as worthy of my prayers. So I'm, I pray that God will open their eyes to see Christ, to direct their lives. I cherish the time when Michelle and I talk and read together and pray. Uh, what she has to say is very important to me and uplifting and encouraging. And she truly is the greatest gift that God has given me. Um, I now desire to develop relationships with others, Christians, non-Christians, and I know that none of us are fully cleansed or sanctified or walking perfectly in Christ. But with every conversation we have, there's an opportunity for God to use us to further his kingdom. Christians, non-Christians alike, love your neighbor. I now can honestly say, Lord, I love you more than Michelle and my sons, and because of that, I have a greater capacity to love them beyond what I thought possible before. The scriptural basis for what I feel is happening or has happened to me is uh, described by James, uh, brother of John, uh, Jesus, uh, in the first chapter of the book of James, and it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials, of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and this perseverance must finish its work that you may be mature and complete not lacking in anything I mean I love that verse because it it is a process it is a part of the whole deal being a Christian the sanctification process and the, the uh, sacrifice that brings us closer to him I've never sacrificed any in my life and the, the identity I had with my job allowed a sacrifice to come into my life to wake me up finally and I just thank that 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 happened and uh, I thank you today for listening to me and I, I hope and I pray that God fills you with the Holy Spirit and touches each and every one of you thank you very much it's just yeah I'm not sure what service Jeff's going to be in. Is Jeff here this morning? Are you anywhere? Yeah, there he is. Can you stand up, Jeff, just for a second? Thanks, buddy. That's Jeff Seaman. You know, as I was going through this series and I started to write this sermon, I thought, oh, my goodness, because Jeff's in a Bible study with, with me at 7 o'clock in the morning on Wednesdays that any, any man here is invited to come to. 7 o'clock Wednesday mornings, we're going through the book of James. Well, we're going through that, and he started sharing about how God is working in his life. You have to understand, I've known, I've known the Siemens for like 18 years. I never knew this about Jeff. I really didn't. And so when he started sharing what God was doing in his life after he was going through, the, in the middle of all this, quote, chaos, I'm thinking, what a perfect example to use. 
Here's a person that you'd say, you know, oh, you know, you're, you, you think, oh, you're cruising lighter right along in your Christian faith, and, and then all of a sudden something gets chaotic, and you, you, go, you veer off to the side. The reality is it's usually the opposite. You're cruising through your Christian life, not really caring so much sometimes, not really thinking about it, not really praying or doing all these kinds of things. All of a sudden something happens in your life, and it awakens you. God does something in your life that, that he hasn't done before. He tried to do, but you couldn't see it in your nice, smooth existence, or you didn't want to see it, or you didn't want to hear about it. We develop character when we are captured by God's majesty and his splendor. That's when we develop character. We grow in character, not, not by how, so much by how we see ourselves, but how we are seen by God. We need to understand that. We develop character when we understand how God sees us. It's only when we stare into that reflection that we are truly transformed. We need to grasp that. The reflection that so many of us have seen for so many years is not always the reflection that God desires. It's not always what God originally designed. It's not what he originally intended. We sit back sometimes and we, are, we may see ourselves as a powerful businessman or, or a gifted musician or a great athlete. We may see ourselves that way, but that vision of yourself is often incomplete. It is not complete. We may be, we, we may be being held back from the, from the way that God desires us to live, the, the Christ-like character that God desires in our lives. Let me tell you something throughout my, my experience as a pastor. It is only when, often when someone loses that job or is injured and can no longer play that sport or in some way, just in some way, loses that initial reflection that that person's true identity and character can be revealed. This great athlete in high school, the quarterback of the football team, and boy, that's his, that's his identity. That's who he is. He's cruising on through. All of a sudden, he gets injured. And it's through the injury that he begins to realize who he truly was created to be. There's nothing wrong with being a great athlete. There's nothing wrong with being a person who, who, who sees themselves as a certain a, a, a musician or whatever else. But sometimes we get lost in that reflection that is not truly the reflection that God wants us to have. There's more to it than just being the great athlete. There's more to it than just being the gifted musician. There's more to it than just being the powerful businessman. God wants you to add to those things, his character. He, 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 he turns your world upside down and allows you to see it and yourself from a different perspective. Listen to this. Often your chaos is God's clarity. Your confusion is God's confirmation. Your turmoil is God's timing. Your difficulty is God's design. Eternal perspective. See things from a different perspective. Open up your eyes and see it from a different perspective. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 reminds us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Each 
chaotic moment in our lives presents an opportunity, prepares us for a time when we will meet our Savior face to face, when we will meet the creator of the universe face to face. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to to the day of completion of Christ Jesus. What we often see, my friends, as the worst experience of our lives, people say, oh, this was the worst experience of my life. What we often see as the worst experience of our lives is later revealed as the turning point. If you're, if you're older, a little older today, you know this to be true. What you consider the worst experience of your life is now revealed as the turning point of your life. As the, as, the, as the rebuilding, as, as the foundation of who you were truly meant to be. It is through that experience that you went through that you think, oh, I never want to experience that again. But it was that experience, it was that turmoil, it was that difficulty, it was that crisis that helped you become the person that you were truly meant to be. You were on the wrong road. The, we, we exit a road that we were no longer meant to travel. We exit that road and we find our unique purpose in life. Some of you are cruising down the road thinking things are just fine. They're not. You're not on the road that God wants you to be on. And it's when you exit that job, it's when you exit that experience, it's when you exit whatever the identity is for you, whatever it is for you right now, that you begin to see your true purpose in life. Sure, we can see it on the smooth path sometimes, but not usually. It's usually when God allows us to go through these difficulties that our true purpose is revealed. Because that is the question that we all need to be asking of ourselves this morning. Think of this. How does, the, how does my character, how, how does my character, the character in my life story, the character in the life story that each one of us has to live, how is that character uniquely revealing God? That's the question. How is the character that you're playing in your life, how is your character uniquely revealing who God is to other people around you? Does your character reveal his mercy? Maybe it reveals his his grace. Maybe Maybe your character is revealing his love or his compassion or his creativity. Is your character revealing the uniqueness of God and who he is? I guess what I'm trying to say is that we need to look beyond the obvious. We need to look beyond the surface. We need to to look within what is hidden, what is truly hidden. Our goal in this series, we talked about this, our goal in this series is to try to find beauty in the ashes. It is trying to, to, to find strength in what normally would, would create weakness. It's pulling strength. It's finding strength from what you would normally think would make you weaker. It is looking at our world through different lenses. It's looking at our life from an eternal perspective. That's what we're trying to do in this series finding power in our brokenness, 
learning to succeed with the scars in our lives. The Bible says we come, when we come to know Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. The Bible says that when we come to know Christ, that we have a new mind, that we need to, that we need to think in a different way. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, on that nice smooth road, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We need to see life from a different perspective. This morning as we close, I want us to recognize that God is constantly, you have to understand this, God is constantly seeking to reshape you into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, through everything that happens in your life, things you bring into your own life, people, th- people, things that people throw at you in your life or inflict upon you, things that, are, that God allows you to go through, things that God puts you through. God is constantly reshaping you into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. You can carve character out of chaos. Chaos in your life is not always a bad thing. Turmoil in your life is not always a bad thing. Why? Because God can shape character out of chaos. God can turn the worst of circumstances into the best of circumstances. Colossians chapter 3 verses 9 and 10 says, You have taken off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. This series so far, God, he is is asking us to see our crisis as an opportunity and to take responsibility for it. To see our crisis as an opportunity. He's asking to use you to use the difficulties of your past to reshape a positive future to take those things that you once didn't even want to think about again, ever again, those things that are pulling you down and and holding you back. He wants you to use the difficulties of your past to reshape or to shape a positive future. He is asking us to redefine chaos, to redefine our chaos so we can reshape our character. That is what God wants us to do. That is what we're trying to see in this series, how we can find power in our brokenness, how we can use everything the enemy throws at us to glorify God. As we close this morning, I want you to just take a moment and I want you to, to think about that. Bow your heads with me, if you would, as we close. Bow your heads with me. Is your life right now in what seems to be chaos? Maybe at work or at home? Maybe at school? Maybe it's in a relationship or in relationships? Maybe, maybe it's in your finances. Man, your, your finances are in chaos. Ask yourself, how can I sift through, how can I sift through all of it and find the treasure hidden within? How can I find the treasure that's hidden within what I'm considering chaos and confusion and turmoil? How can God reshape me during this time to help me become more godly in my decision-making? Ask yourself that question. How can he seems what's, how can he take what seems on the surface to be mindless chaos and use it to help me build Christ-like character. 
I mean, we're all going through this in some area of our lives. Instead of seeing it as a waste of time, something to be avoided, something to get through, it's just a complete waste. I don't ever want to experience this again in my life. Stop for a moment and ask how he can take what seems to be mindless chaos and use it to build Christ-like character. Take a moment, just a moment this morning right now and reflect on those questions and speak to God. Allow God to speak to your heart. God, how can you help me avoid this the next time? How can you help me make sure there is no next time? How can you take the loss of my job, the injury that I'm facing, the struggle that I'm in, the, 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 the crisis that I find myself facing right now? Lord, how can you take these things and carve character from this chaos? God, we know that you're a God who's not sitting in heaven, wringing his hands, worrying about what's going to happen because you know what's going to happen. If we give ourselves to you in every area of our lives, if we realize that we need to see this life from an eternal perspective, that you are in control, even when we bring things on ourselves, even when the enemy inflicts us with certain things, that ultimately, Lord God, you will use these things to transform our lives and to help us become more like your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we can get through it. So we ask you to help us to see with new eyes, to see with new eyes in a different way, from a different perspective. We trust you. We know that you're going to use us in all the things that we experience. We know, Lord God, that you have the power and the wisdom to carve character from chaos. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week.